Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us is Mr. Steve Spirer of Classic Anatomy Gym. Steve, how are you today, sir? What's going on? Fine, thank you. I appreciate you having me. I'm excited to have you, and, and as I understand it, you've had uh, quite, a, quite a story throughout the fitness industry, both with yourself and the length of time that you've been training clients. And so for people who aren't familiar with, with you or Classic Anatomy, Steve, Give us a little bit of context here. Elevator pitch, minute or less. What is Classic Anatomy and, and what is this business about? Okay, when I got involved in all this, uh, I had seen Muscle Men in comic books and all this kind of stuff before, but I kind of figured it was a cartoon character thing. My mother would get a magazine called Family Health back in the 70s. And December 1977 issue had a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger on their cover. And I was amazed that it was a real human being. And that's what kind of got me interested into it. And uh, there was no information at the time. Of course, no internet. Uh, magazines were really hard to come by. You had to go to small newsstands and uh, pretty much look almost near the Playboys. It was kind of a strange thing back yeah. then to look at a fitness magazine. And uh, people would look at you like you had something wrong with you. But um, I'd learn from there. But I remember seeing pictures of Arnold in competition, and it blew my mind because I didn't understand anything about steroids and the picture on family health, he had retired from bodybuilding. He was about maybe 200 pounds, but I'd seen pictures of him as up to like 245 pounds. And seeing that was too much. I probably wouldn't have gotten involved, but by that time I was so interested in learning about it, I, I was hooked. Yep. And so we got into sharing this dream with other people. When did you start training clients? Well, this is the deal. Uh, back in 1982, I was about maybe 15 years old, 16 years old, and I was hired to be an instructor at the health club as a teenager training adults. And I always thought to myself that if I ever figure this thing out, I would cut to the chase and tell people the truth, how to do it, to say, like I wanted someone to help me and save me some time, and the, but there was no coaches nearby, no one other than the magazines back then, it was trial and error. And I always said, if I ever figure this out, I'm gonna teach others how to do this, um, cut to the chase. And I always wanted a gym and uh, I was training other people, but what I noticed when corporate fitness started coming in and, and the franchises and hospitals started buying them, they became businesses. The small gyms lost something. It was pretty much contracts and you were kind of on your own and you wanted to charge extra for help. And I started counting uh, how many people were working out. And I thought to myself, you know, all these people that I'm helping, um, they, they're coming because I'm helping them. And the club is making money on this. And I was just making a salary. And I said, there's enough people here to support a small gym. And uh, I had my own ideas. I wanted to do things and it didn't line up with the corporation kind of stuff. So I uh, broke out in 1989 on my own, rented a small building that was a dance studio at one time, and just put equipment in there. It had great big mirrors on the wall, and that's what sold me. I'm like, wow, it's already got these big mirrors, and just took off from there. Got it. And so within your time 
running this studio, Steve, what's been your favorite part about running your own business? And then as a follow-up, what's been the most challenging part about running your own business? The favorite part is when people come in and they're totally confused. They've tried everything that was available to them or could think of, and they just were not getting results. And someone referred them to me because they had started training with me and they were getting results. So they started coming and by seeing people improve and then they're happier within themselves and this kind of thing, that's what motivated me to uh, continue. The only thing I'd have to say is the worst part is that most people don't want to eat right. And some people want to try to blame you for that. And I'm like, God, I can do everything but eat the food for you. I can show you what to do. But, you know, making you do a million sit-ups every time you come is not going to work. You're going to have to eat right. And that's probably been the biggest hurdle is to get people to eat right. Yeah. And so the nutrition component has been a, a big challenge for you over the years. Now, as things stand now, Steve, you, I mean, you've been around for, for quite some time, but the last couple of years in fitness have been interesting for everyone in no matter what capacity. How do, how do your client numbers or how do the business numbers look now as compared to 2019 or early 2020 before this pandemic? Well, with the pandemic, there was a lot of people that were scared to get out because we didn't really know what it was. And uh, things slowed down. Uh, the governor of my state of Louisiana did shut us down for about a month where no one could come. What I did is when they can start back is uh, I didn't charge them any makeup fees. I just froze their fees and said, look, just come a month on me. Just get back in the routine, get back into the groove. And everybody came back. And um, pretty much now everybody's just back in action. Like it, it never happened. Yeah. And so back to at least where we were, do you have room to, to grow your client roster beyond where it is now? Or are you pretty full? Oh, I'm always open to look for more people. I'm not uh, really looking for a big like membership drive or anything like that because it's all hands-on and uh, I don't want to diminish the service. So I'm not really looking to, uh, to get really bigger than I am. Uh, at one time, I did have two gyms at one time because there was uh, people from another town coming and there were so many people open a second branch, but they kind of want to see you. And an employee usually is not you and they might not care as much. And I, I decided after maybe six months of that, that no, I don't want to uh, get into like franchises and stuff and employees. I just wanted to kind of do my own thing. So I, I just concentrated on, on the smaller gym. And that's when I built this gym in uh, 1994. Uh, I was in the town of Sunset, which was a great location. But at the time, uh, I was trying to buy the building I was in and they didn't want to sell it. So I tried to stay located in the same city and there was just nothing available. So um, I had lived in Leonville before as a kid. I came back and uh, built it here and things have been great, but uh, it's always been out of town. It's more of like a little country town. They're not really big into fitness and all this kind of stuff, but people from outside came. The old clientele followed me and, um, a friend tells a friend. That's basically the best form of advertisement I've had is a friend tells a friend. Yeah. Well, that's going to be my next question is, is how have you found success in terms of marketing this? And, and I assume that what worked 28 years ago and, and what works today 
is a little bit different, but it sounds like a lot of that has been driven through word of mouth anyway. Is that right? Right. You can't beat word of mouth because uh, I remember I'll tell you a funny story. This guy came to the gym and he wanted to get bigger and gain weight and get stronger. And he, and he did. So he talked to a friend of his into coming and trying it. And the friend was kind of leery about it and not sure he was working out on his own, but he wasn't getting results. So he dared his friend to come for one month. So the friend came for a month and told me later that he grew, but he didn't want to grow to prove to his friends that uh, it, it, it wasn't a valid program or something. I don't know what he didn't like about it, but he admitted it did work and he had to get bigger work uniforms. So we laugh about it now, but um, uh, word of mouth, somebody seeing their friends improve, feeling better, that kind of stuff. And they're like, what are you doing? You know, what, what are you eating? What are you doing? That's what brings them in. Yeah. For me, have you ever spent money on any kind of advertising along the way? Oh, back in 89, the first thing we had were flyers and we pretty much would just, you know, put them wherever they let us put them and then people call on the phone and then come check it out. And that was a thing. And now with social media, um, my kids kind of have to keep me updated on that. kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah, lost uh... I, I'm still in like a flyer kind of mentality. You know, you put flyers out, but uh, that time's changed. Now, if you put one flyer out, people take a picture of it with their phone and send it to their friends. I'm like, you, oh, you don't need a million flyers anymore. You just one. It's true. That was, that, that was a little different. I'm still kind of stuck in the old ways. I, I, I'm open-minded, but some things I'm just kind of stuck in my ways. Has social media become a bigger component of what you do now? Uh, yes, it did. Uh, the good thing I like about it is that it, uh, it gets the word out and advertises fitness more to more people. The only drawback I see is there's a lot of confusion now because I see kids that come in and they watch YouTube and there's a lot of stuff they come in that they're uh, they're doing that, that, well, it won't work or it's dangerous. And I tell these guys, look, you know, uh, I've been around a long time. But I don't see you get hurt. Some of this stuff on there is not what you should be doing. But um, other than that, I think it's, it's a plus. It's a good thing. Yeah. Now, when somebody reaches out to you, Steve, they're, they're an interested party. This is what we qualify as a lead. Walk me through what a typical sales process looks like. What happens between somebody being interested and somebody starting as a new paying client? Okay, this has pretty much been it for me. Um, somehow, they, uh, they see the cars in the park a lot and they get curious. <laughs> they see people coming in and out in workout gear. But usually it's a friend refers a friend. And the friend comes in and I tell them the same thing. I said, listen, guys, I don't have contracts. I never had contracts. You don't have to fill out a form. You don't have to sign your, your name on anything. I'm going to charge you by the workout or by the month. And if at any time you don't like it, you're not stuck. You can leave. And what happens is they end up getting results. So they stay. Then they tell a friend. And that's how I've done it all along. I've never had uh, registration fees, contracts, none of that stuff. And some people do come and go because, uh, you know, life happens. They have children, grandchildren, or they try different things. And I always tell people, so listen, if you're interested in trying something else, go and do it. But if you're not happy, come back. I don't have hard feelings or any of this kind of stuff. I think you ought to find a form of exercise that you enjoy doing. So go out and give it a shot. And like I said, you can always come back. And that's... Uh, that's how I always did. I always said I'd never had to trap people to be there. The people that are there want to be there. So it's a pleasure for me and them and everybody else to have them there at the same time. Sure. Yeah. Well, actually, it's like a big party, big workout party. Everybody's having fun. They all know each other. And yeah. Yeah. Now, 
I mean, we, we've explored a little bit of how you find new clients and, and how you transition or new leads, I should say, and transition them into clients. But looking forward, Steve, the, the question is, is burning in my mind. You've been doing this for the better part of three decades. What's the future hold for you in this? What do you see as the future of Classic Anatomy Gym? Well, at one time, people asked me to do more one-on-one training, that kind of thing. And they would, you know, pay me more money and stuff. And I did do that. I didn't enjoy it as much for some reason. And I still have a few people that rec- they want to do that. Either they're a doctor or a lawyer. And they said, look, people ask me questions wherever I go. I can't even go to the store. So I want to work out and not be asked questions. So I tell them, make an appointment. So I do have a few of those people that, uh, that, that like that. But it's pretty much more the community thing they like doing. So, um, you know, at this point, I'm, I'm really content with what I'm doing. Um, it's a joy. It's a pleasure, actually. And, uh, you know, if I won a billion dollar lottery, I think I would just put it in the bank and just keep going to work every day because it's a joy. I'm just fortunate that I, I get to do what I like. Like I said, to me, it's a big party every day. Yeah. And um, I can't re- honestly say that I have anyone that uh, I don't enjoy training because I'm honest with them at the get-go. You know, I'll tell them, look, guys, if I'm not comfortable with you, you're not comfortable with me. Because sometimes you have people that you, you'll explain everything to, and then they just do the opposite. And you have to say, look, you know, let's look at this again. I thought you wanted this or not, you know. And not that you have to throw people out, but sometimes you do have to kind of weed a few out here and there, yep. a few bad apples, sadly. Sure. And so it's it's – a concept that we don't talk a tremendous amount about in fitness, but is there a retirement or a, a sale of the gym at any point? Or do you think that you want to do this until the day you croak? Well, my plan is to do it till the day I croak. I have retirement plans and all this uh, financial advisor on this stuff, but I, I, I wasn't one of these uh, genius guys. <laughs> so what I did is I always bought property to land whenever I could. And um, that's kind of what I keep. And now it's, it's different properties up in value and, and one has oil under it, though I'm not collecting it yet. So um, if I need it, I'll cash it in. If not, I'll just leave it to my children. But honestly, I, my plan is to just keep doing what I'm doing till I croak, till the end, yeah. till my last breath. People always say, I hope you don't die because it's over. <laughs> Maybe so. Fantastic. Steve, I think that's a, a pretty good place for us to begin to wrap our conversation up, but I, I want to thank you for being willing to contribute to this overall conversation. I think people in our industry don't get the chance to talk about the business side as often as they do. So I thank you for your time. Before we get out of here, I want to give you the chance to tell people where they could learn a little bit more about Classic Anatomy. Is there sure. a website or, or what yes, are sir. the social media uh, I do have a website. It's classicanatomygym.net. Yep. I, I did write a book several years ago because so many people would ask me questions and ask my story. A lot of it's on the on the website, like where how did you start, like what we discussed today. But the book is full of like of a lot of uh, history, past programs, diets, and different experiences that I've had. And um, it's available on Amazon. I also sell it at the website. But uh, it gives people insight into some of the things. Uh, they, they even like the, the recipes because it's like Cajun diet food because I'm from South Louisiana. 
And people said, the food here is so delicious. How can you diet? I said, well, there's ways around that. So <laughs> some of the, the diets are in the book. Uh, one thing I would like to definitely point out to anybody starting out is that for me, I'm always aware of who or what could be the new competition coming to town. But I don't concern myself with that. I kind of just do my own thing. And what the other guys are doing, they kind of try to compete with each other, I find. And that, that's that's fine. That's them. But uh, I never worried about the other guy. I, I never did. Like I said, I'm aware of what's going on. But I never, like, uh, felt the need to, to bad mile them or cut them down. None of that stuff. That that doesn't appeal to me. I find that there's no winners when we end up doing that. And, and the true competition in our industry is the tens of thousands of people not going to any gym at all, not the other gym down the street. Right, so right. You are, you are spot on there. Steve, I can't thank you enough for your time here. I, I think that this is a really great conversation. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you and, and how long you keep doing this. So we wish you nothing but the best, sir. Well, I sincerely appreciate it. And it's a pleasure meeting you. Fantastic. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on this show is Juby from TW1 to 1 in Twickenham, United Kingdom. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks very much. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. I'm excited to have you here and to really learn more about what you do within your studio. But before we dive into the business side too deep here, give me a really brief backstory as to what it was that led to you opening up this training studio. Well, thank you very much um, for um, you know for letting me come into your into your podcast first. Um, thank you for getting in touch. Um, a little background story uh, regarding how I came um, to find a studio was, was essentially due to COVID. Um, I used to, uh, used to work in a, in a gym in Richmond, um, it's a commercial gym with those various other trainers. Um, I was quite happy there, I had a busy, had a busy diary. And so uh, I was in the mix of save up for a house and um, plans were going well and then COVID hit. So uh, we were told to, you know, it's quite, you know, it's a difficult time for everyone, wasn't COVID, COVID um, it really was, so um, I wasn't quite sure what to do, so uh, the gym shut, and um, I quickly moved on to training online, and trying to um, kept most of my clients online that I had in my diary at that time. Um, I'm trying to kind of like cast back, you know, the steps, seems right. it's, hard. it's hard to remember exactly the steps that, that, that took place, but it was just kind of like a combination of 
um, consequences that led me to have this studio. But um, one of the main ones was essentially the start. Of, so as, as, as the country started opening up, um, I started training people outside and, um, and then running back on, home to do an online session and then back into park and back online. I was like, oh, I really would like the premises. And at that time I was like, oh God, I just need like a warehouse or something like that. And I'm just kind of looking at, and I'm looking at like lease prices and, and rent, it all seemed pretty high for high streets. And, um, and I ran into a pal of mine. He was like, he, he used to own a shop in Twickenham, a clothes shop in Twickenham. He's like, do you know what? you're welcome to use it, just, just, just go and use it, don't worry about it, you just sort me out when you can, and I was like, okay, you sure? So um, I found myself in this kind of like, <laughs> this kind of like, um, you know, um, unused building. Um, um, I just laid some mats, some kettlebells and slam balls, and, and I was just, you know, just, just such weird times they were. They were really well, weird times, you know. You know, people people started accept acceptance of what people would expect expect was very different all of a sudden. And um, it was all about just, I just wanted to keep my clients training through whatever medium I had and whatever I could provide them at the time. And um, so I got some like some mats and, and then my clients were going, and one of my clients was like Hey, Judy, you know, this is, this is, this is cool. Um, you know, you've got a bit of finance behind you. Why don't, why don't you. why don't you, like, go for it and kick this out? And I was like, okay. So I tried to reach out to the landlord, but except that um, the lease is a little bit, a little bit heavy on the, on the actual location. It's just off Twickenham High Street. So, so I continued to kind of looking around for premises. And I reached out to a, a few other trainers, friends, and I was like, guys, guys, you want to share space and like maybe we could do like three or four of us come and get a, get a place together um at that time i was a little bit scared to kind of take a lease on primarily myself i'm speaking trying to reach out to friends even though most of most of my friends and most of the trains i knew kind of was just were, were just like i'm just going to hold out let's see how this covid thing pans out i'm just going to hold out and i was like okay and then my friend uh, jordan just turns up and i was like maybe i love this place found this place with us I was like, oh, mate, you're joking, you're joking. I didn't really, I wasn't really um, actually listening to him. And then he showed this place. I was like, wow, that's perfect. It's literally perfect for now. Do you know what I mean? It's perfect for, it's about 500 square feet. I'm able to deliver a session, one other person, perfect. Yeah, and uh, I think that's about kind of how we got there. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> I'm, not sure, I'm not sure how that sounded at all. Hey, but, um, it's okay. I mean, I think that, you know, five years ago, none of us would expect that we would have to kind of change our entire lives because of this pandemic. But it yeah. sounds like it's something that worked in your benefit. You were able to, you know, build this personal training studio kind of around the needs of the community because of that. And so now you have TWU one-to-one Give us kind of your elevator pitch. Tell us who you are, what services you provide. Paint a picture for us so that as we move forward in this business conversation, we understand your business model. Well, thank you. Um, well, TW one to one. It's not. It's not. It's not a business that I was like, okay, I'm going to write a business plan for this business. It's just something like I just I kind of told you the backstory. It was something I want to kind of carry kind of continue carry on training my clients in order right. to give them a safe environment to do so 
and I just started collecting equipment as time went um, and it just kind of grew and grew and grew and got better and better um, in, order, in, in terms of equipment I had in terms of sessions I'd to deliver uh, and in terms of what I actually deliver and the specialities I kind of I'm doing mostly kind of supports rehabilitation from injury and um, so this studio actually being in the back of some physiotherapists is brilliant you know it's great because I'm kind of uh, I've got a connection there with the physiotherapist and um, so we refer um, exercises sorry we refer our clients um, with each other so it's 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 great it's great yeah, that works in your favor, right? Because typically if somebody's going to a physiotherapist, they probably need to have some kind of exercise coupled with that. And so for you, that's kind of a free lead generation piece. You know, you have that awesome prime location right next to one um, and you're going to get new clients that way. Um, so that works for you. Um, but it sounds like it's all one-on-one. Do you do any semi-private, like two like couples or like three people, or is it all just one one trainer with one client? Uh, I have, I mean, I have offered um, like one trainer and two clients and I've got a couple, I think might start with me uh, in a couple of weeks. Um, but they do tend to kind of like separate because of, you know, after you do a postural consultation, after you do a brief posture analysis, and then you start to find out their goals, people start separating they're just so different generally what i find um and i think if people want to train together generally they can go to a group class um that's kind of more like a group situation it's just like the personal training is a lot more uh, it's a lot more tailored to their physical capabilities that they have mm-hmm. yeah for sure and i think um i mean essentially know. that's personal training isn't it essentially yeah yeah and I think that, you know, it, it kind of, you said something like people could go to group training if, if they want to work out as a couple or friends or whatever it might be. Um, but, you know, when you look at your business model, there's only about eight hours in a day that we can train people. And yeah. so there comes a per- certain point where like once your schedule is full, you can't really take on any more clients. You can't really grow the business anymore than it, it already is. Um, so that's why I've seen a lot of personal trainers offer, you know, if people are interested in semi-private, you know, that's, and that's what they want. You can fit two people in with one hour and make more money than you would with just one person. So like business-wise scaling, it, it does make sense. But for you, that sounds like something that you're not interested, like a path that you're not interested in taking. No, it's not, it, it's not really something I'm not interested. I, I, I generally always offer that, but generally people, like I, I honestly had a, I had a couple come up to me and I said, we were doing food conference. I said, well, that's fine. You can pop in, we have a consultation, we have a chat with both your goals. I didn't lead them to a, into a specific right. direction. I just went, I don't know what, I think we'd rather do it separately. I ended up having two clients okay. rather than one. Well, I would have had two clients. I know it's for that hour that um, I find I just work better individually. And in terms of scaling up and obviously understand the scalability and profitability of having to be able to squeeze more people for the hour so that's the group the, you know the group class model that is something i'm looking at and going forward for, for my next venture and it's something that I, you know and that's where this is this has given me that confidence it's like invaluable confidence like i just 
it's all about confidence in business, right? And if you haven't got that confidence to be like, you know what, I think I can take on a lease of a bigger place, I'm never going to do it. And um, yeah, so I think now I do. I think I do, yeah. I do have that confidence. I wouldn't sure be quite comfortable yeah, I think that it's important, you know, you got your your chance here with the training studio to kind of figure out the fitness business a little bit before going and opening up, you know, the, something bigger. Um, yes. that's, a, that's a great yeah. point. Um, yeah. Because this business is not always unicorns and rainbows. There's a lot of challenges to it. And so figure it out on a smaller scale um, and really nail that down before moving, you know, into something bigger. Let me ask you this, um, you know, you have some clients right now how many clients do you have share with the listeners so that they know uh so about 22 to 30 sessions a week but about 30 sessions probably on a busy week about 30 sessions a week probably yeah but on average about 20 oh no actually I'm not sure it's up and down between 20 and 30 okay. yeah 20 and 30 yeah, about 30 sessions maybe Okay, so you know between 20 and 30 you know um clients that you're you're serving is that a place where you're feeling good, you're feeling comfortable, or are you looking to grow, take on more members? Um, I'm, I'm quite good at those numbers. Uh, I'm, I'm quite good um, with those figures. Um, so I could probably take on maybe 10% more, I think, uh, clients. Right now, it's really quiet because it's summertime. Um, so like majority of my clients are away you know, but if you talk about having six clients in a day, you need, you need some training time for yourself, you know, yeah. for clarity, for, to, you know, to, to practice what you preach and to, to go through stuff and for your mental health and obviously to stay in shape. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, probably six is good in a day, you know. Um, and um, I've got some other stuff going on as well, which are not related to fitness, but that kind of brings me uh, some finance uh, and security, so... Okay. So you have, you know, other ventures that provide for you. So this is kind of like your, your passion project for now. It's your, your thing on the side that you're doing because you're, you're passionate about it and, um, you know, you have time for it. Uh, so talk to me about how you found those clients. I think that that's usually the hardest part for most gym owners is like, okay, how do I get people to come in the front door of my space? Where am I going to find the clients? Um, so talk to me a little bit about how that works for you guys. Well, well, thank you. That is that's a very good question because I used to find clients just through kind of like gym walking and introducing myself and and being like people seeing people doing uh, their forms wrong and be like, "Hi, can I help you?" And you, did you know that um, you know if you if you hold this grip a little bit better, you can activate these muscles a bit better? Or or because I did sports rehab. Um, Kind of, I guess a lot of my clients came from having niggles and pain, and, um, and then it would start from there. So, okay, do you have pain? And then, obviously, my knowledge, I'm going to say, okay, I, I think I can help you with pain. You know, like, let's have a posture consultation. From a posture consultation, you find out actually, like the hip flexors and the QLs that's really tight. That's why they've got a big, like, tight back, and that's why they're getting back pain. You know, it's not like anything major. So, it's, I'm just trying to like, kind of fix that and kind of work with that. And then that kind of just progresses on into into the fitness side so uh, yeah but then like having this studio I didn't have all these people right I didn't have like memberships and members so it's very different situations how do I how do I attract and there was a time when I was like oh my god how am I going to attract new members and then I just 
I just kind of reached out to, to my, my current clients um, that I hadn't seen for a while, just sent them messages, how you doing? You want to get back into the gym and, and things like that. And when things when do dip, I do, do tend to do that. I'm trying to get in touch with my old clients. And I tried to obviously put my website up in Google, um, just try to kind of, um, I think um, I hired a guy to kind of just kind of see if, um, it's to imagine visible personal trainers in Twicken, but I mean, I'm not talking, I spent a lot on finance. I'm not, I haven't even actually even tacked on to kind of Facebook marketing or anything like that. Um, so that, that's, that's probably something when I really need a lot, a lot of clients, I will look into it. And I think I, um, I'm talking about when I, when I kind of take them to a membership model and when I go on to it, you know, when I open up a gym gym, I'll be looking into, into kind of Facebook marketing and, that's clearly kind of quite targeted, clearly quite obviously successful, I think, for the yeah. for the return that you get from what I read, Facebook marketing is really weird because you can really just target a specific group that you're after, can't you? Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's that's the number one way that I've seen, you know, bigger gyms finding their clients and filling their space is utilizing, you know. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google, places like that, because we're living in such a digital world. So why not tap into those places to find our clients? But I kind of want to touch on something that you just said, you know, you, you brought it up a couple of times here on air is the idea of like, you know, changing your model, maybe opening up a gym. And so yeah. you've been starting to look into that. How far out do you foresee this kind of gym happening? Um... Yeah, probably within within the next year. Within the next year. So it's something that you're seriously considering. I mean... No, no, no seriously, seriously. I've got about a third finance there as well. So it's kind of like, you know, it's just... Yeah, yeah, serious. I've, I've done the numbers. I've done my excels. I've done business model. I've done business plans. So I've got a couple of options, man. So walk us through what that's going to look like for you. Well, we've got a spin studio. So spin studio idea is, um, is kind of like, um, but we're kind of running through, I'm trying to figure out, um, I kind of want to, I want to kind of build um, a cooperative um, spinning studio. So cooperative is a, is a, is a, is a business that's, it, it benefits the community rather than normal, um, sorry, rather than a normal kind of like um, limited company. So it's run by the community, run by its members. Are you familiar with the co-op? Do you have a co-op structure? In, I, in I, I mean, I'm familiar with what a co-op is, but I guess I've never really pictured that in a in the gym space. Exactly, exactly. And that's why I'm like, wow, this is, why, is it, why is this not being done in the gym space? Kind of a cooperative model kind of totally makes sense. It's, a, it's quite a lot to figure out. So I've reached out to, I've got, I'm working with some, um, the Hive group, which is a mentoring group. It's kind of helped me um, establish the right framework and the right structure for the business. And I'm also working with a, with a pal of mine who's, um, to, be, um, to become a partner in it. So, well, it's actually a couple of people probably going to be involved in that. Um, but essentially it's going to be like a, like an eco-friendly kind of sustainable um, um, spin studio. 
Okay. So what's like, what's your, what made you decide, you know, to make this a co-op? Uh, I just like the idea of everyone. It's like sweat to give back. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, it's kind of like work to give back to the community, man. So it's kind of like, it becomes this like hub of like, you know, we all working together collectively for this one, for whatever cause, for this cause or for the community. So. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a cool idea, but I also think that like the gym business is kind of tricky because in order for the the business to operate, there's a lot of kind of pieces. You have to have lead gen. You have to make sure that you're following up with leads. You have to have a sales process. You have to have, um, you know, different levels of service there. And so how would you incorporate all of that with the co-op? Well, it's exactly the same. I mean, the co-op is just a structure and how it's um, how it's ran. So it's more like so it's more like people. Uh, so so in terms of like how will I get sales or? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm kind of confused on like the the. the yeah, this is the thing. I, I guess it. I guess yeah, co-op can kind of flip a little bit. People are like, what what does it mean? It's going to be a charity or is it just like Oxfam? It's like, no, it's still going to be, you know, like a, a same membership model or, or a class model you pay for your classes. It's just that a very small percentage of that will be going towards funding community purposes and community projects and community things. And, and everyone that goes in within that class can decide or have a say, have a say about what best, to, you know, um, where that money should go to, you know. Okay. And, um, so it's still, but it's still, it's still, it's still a sustainable business in terms of it's got to generate profit. It's got to, um, you know, we've got to get members. So it's the same marketing that that you'd find in, um, you know, a typical gym or a group class exercise. Um, got it. Studio. Yeah. What would you foresee being your biggest challenge as you kind of steer into that that new business venture? I'm guessing, as with most businesses, attaining clients. I guess attaining customers. So, yeah, yeah, that would be that would be the challenge. Just sending a message out there, let people know we're here, let people know we're there. So that that would definitely go. Am I right? I mean, you, yeah, I mean, I'm, for pretty, sure. I'm pretty experienced. So yeah, for sure. I mean, I like I told you earlier, I talk to people on this platform every day, and that's probably the number one thing that I hear is like, hey, you know. I have this gym. I've been here for a couple of years and I'm really struggling to get people in the door. And yeah. I think it's interesting because like, you know, maybe you and I are motivated to walk in the doors of the gym in the morning, but not everybody shares that internal motivation to go to a gym. And so yeah. we as business owners in this industry really have to figure out, okay, well, what can we do to get people to come in? How are we going to motivate people to come take a spin class and let it change their life? I mean, it's yeah. hard. But mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that we can do to really motivate people to, to get in. And usually if people are coming to a fitness class or they're seeing a personal trainer, whatever it might be, it's because they want to see some kind of result. Maybe they want to get better cardio. Maybe they want to lose weight. Maybe they are struggling mentally and they need to see, you know, that this will give them some mental clarity. Um, and so if we can sell our, our clients to that result, like, hey, you're going to come to this spin studio and we're going to give you that mental clarity that you've been looking for. It's going to give you, you know, an hour of your day, a couple of times a week where you can completely unplug. Um, if we can sell them to that result, I think we're better off 
than just saying, hey, we're a spin studio, come take a class. Um, because people are not. Yeah, well, that's right, man. It's about having the best instructors, isn't it? You've got to have like, you've got to recruit really, really good instructors to deliver really good classes. Right. So instructors will bring the, the members in, you know, the instructors will eventually bring the members in. And then, um, in terms of initially, I'm thinking it's probably going to be a lot of like Facebook marketing in order to kind of just target those individuals and let people know we're coming, like have like a pre-launch, um, you know, marketing campaign. Um, so when we do launch, like we're ready and people are ready to kind of like book in and ready to kind of hear about us. But um, yeah, in, in time, in time, we'd like to hope that instructors will sell the class itself. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, it's always great to count on that word of mouth. You know, our instructors are going to generate that. If we have good instructors in our classes, good coaches, they are going to generate some word of mouth. And I think that as business owners, that's one of our favorite things because word of mouth is completely free. We don't have to do yeah. anything to get good yeah, word yeah. of mouth. We just have to have an awesome service. And so that's we right. can always count on some word of mouth. But when we look at, you know, scalability and um, and that kind of thing, we have to supplement it. We can't just do, hey, we're going to solely run off of word of mouth because our, there becomes a certain point where there's like ebbs and flows there. We'll get like a spike of new clients through word of mouth and then we won't get any for a few days or even a few weeks and then a spike and, and it's just an up and a down. And so that's when people supplement with things like you talked about, Facebook marketing or, you know, some business to business stuff, whatever it might be, you have to kind of like pair that. Um, yeah, no. We're looking at a big spin studio. I mean, realistically, you can have a lot of clients in a spin studio because people aren't going to every single class every single day. Um, and so that's a very scalable kind of model. Um, yeah. yeah, it's quite... It's quite yeah, exactly. Scalable is good. It's something I've done before. Obviously, taught fast and forwards. But you know, you've got to look at like competitor analysis at a spin studio. Where you know what gyms are around. Is there a spin studio close to by? Is there someone coming? That's you know. So yeah, it's a lot to kind of consider um, with a spin studio. So, and we've got some some new innovative ideas that we think that's going to be slightly different than our competitors. So. Yeah. looking to like implement that and that would be a little bit quite cool so if the perfect location were to just present itself today we get off the phone here and you find the perfect location for your spin studio would it make sense for you to take that leap and start from scratch there today yeah well, i think i think the perfect location did come about but it's still waiting for the kind of like the sale to go through, so we're still waiting on the agents to kind of go through. So we're still waiting on that, but then at the same time, we're looking around, you know, um, looking around, yeah. yeah. So it could be something that happens, you know, within the year, if not sooner. I mean, it sounds like you kind of really have your business model really thought out and that's exciting. It's cool that we get to kind of chat on that. And I do want to ask you, Juby, what would you can, like, if you had to give a word of advice to somebody who is very new in this industry, they're starting their own fitness business today, what would you have to tell them? Wow, that's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> you said you're going to give me some tough question. That is a tough one. Um, <laughs> Oh God! Um, what in, in in what area? I mean, as a trainer? No, just like business wise. I guess if you had to give you know a new fitness business owner a piece of advice about business, what would you share? Wow! Uh, 
Yeah, I guess just um, keep yourself busy so you're busy. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good one. I always like that. So like, so like, you know, even when you're not busy, like actually physically with a client, keep yourself busy, man. You know, like contact new clients, you know, reach out, look into marketing, whatever it is you've got to do, you know, keep yourself busy, man, because you know that, that that's what's going to keep you busy, right? So don't dwell on I'm not busy, don't start thinking, worrying about, oh, God, I'm not busy, it's going down, you know, it's going down, I'm doing well. Just, just keep yourself busy because that's going to make you busy. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great word of advice. I think that it can be easy for us just to get distracted and um, by all the shiny things, but just to keep ourselves busy within the business, the things that matter, the things that are going to help us get to where we want to go. Um, very, very important. And I thank you for your insight today and for being here, for sharing your take on the industry. Um, like I said earlier, it was cool to kind of see where you're looking to take this. Um, that definitely makes for a fun conversation because a lot of people listening to this show are looking to scale too. So um, thank yeah. you. Um, uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very of course, much. Of course, listeners, thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, Fill out the link in the description and we will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only John with Champion Martial Arts and Fitness out of Wilmington, North Carolina. John, what's going on? Happy Monday. How are you feeling today? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Good to talk to you. I hope you're well. Yeah, I hope you're well as well. <laughs> we're excited to have you on. And uh, look, we're definitely ready to dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on with champion martial arts and fitness. But, you know, first, we want to give you the opportunity to go ahead and give the viewers a little perspective here. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit of, of a description, a background on how you would explain champion martial arts and fitness and what you guys do. Uh, champion martial arts and fitness, uh, we started out uh, strictly in just the um, martial arts business. And I, I was fortunate that I had some really good people that uh, helped me come along, which one was Chuck Norris and Bill Superfoot Wallace and uh, uh, Joe, Joe Lewis. And 
So Bill being a kinesiologist, Chuck being, I mean, he's got one of the greatest commercials and, and the longest, one of the longest running commercials uh, for a piece of fitness equipment, as far as I know in the country, and Joe Lewis just being a physical specimen. So these guys really helped me get into more of the uh, training aspect of martial arts. You know, I've, I've been in this game for 40 years. And, um, you know, when we first started out, martial artists didn't, you know, lift weights, do resistance training. All they did was martial arts. But boy, we've come a long, long way since then. And, uh, you know, you look at the people now, especially fighters, they're the greatest trained people in the world, MMA fighters. It, you know, they're just, they're awesome and they do everything. So with what Champion does, we do the MMA training, martial arts training, but we are very, very uh, particular. We want people to do resistance training and get that good workout in other than just the martial arts side of it. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's that, that versatility of uh, you don't have to be a martial arts pro or love it, but you could also just be a regular average show and come in and have a great time. I love that. I think that's awesome. Such a great perspective there. And so, you know, John, let's start with the bare bones basics here. You know, how many, how many members are you serving currently? We run somewhere between a little over 100 and uh, again, we're a very small, more than anything else, I would call us a personal training facility. And uh, we we have, again, that that number, we're, our whole facility is only 2,700 square foot and we can't accommodate with so many people. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about it and there are a lot of uh, fitness centers, martial arts schools, et cetera, that are around that number. Now there are, I know that you uh, uh, interview a lot of people that are much larger than that, but uh, I've had larger clientele before but it just i i can't give them the service that they deserve and that's the whole goal with what we do which is different than most fitness centers etc we we want that one-on-one -on -one experience yeah yeah and i think that's important i think it's important you want to actually give that that cater that true experience to them i i think that's important especially for like who you are john i feel like uh you're very personable i feel like you have that that charisma that a lot of, a lot of a lot of people don't have too often, and I feel like that's another reason that's why you want that one-on-one -on -one experience. It feels feels more authentic, right? I think that's that's so true. Um, good. It has to be. I, I mean, it's just you know part of being a a a trainer of whatever you want to say. There, it's about the integrity of what you're doing. Do you believe in what you're doing? Uh, your your goal is is to do no harm and make people the the day they step in the door each day is better because they're with you and they train with you. And if you don't feel that way, I, I disagree with what people are doing if they're just doing the numbers. I agree. I can't agree with you more. I think that's the biggest thing, right? They kind of lose sight of uh, of what they truly started, right, with doing, and it's to help people, right? And I think that's the whole big industry. You guys are changing lives. You genuinely are. Um, and so I, I think that's a beautiful thing there, John. And so, you know, kind of curious here, right? Um, you know, what's been your best method of getting those new people through the door, right? You're, you said you're in that, in that hundred range, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, so what's been the best method to get new people interested to come in and to champion? Well, without question, it's been word of mouth. And if you have a good reputation uh, with what you're doing and your trainers are good, your people are good. And uh, you're, you're going to get people that way, people that stick with you. Um, and that that's where we are. And uh, we'd spoke a little bit about just keeping people. 
and we do keep a lot of people. I've got uh, people with me that have been with me for 30 years. So it's, it's rare that that wow. happens. And you know, the, uh, the failure rate or the dropout rate is very, very high with what we do. And, uh, but in, in our situation, that's really not true. We, we very rarely lose people. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing. I think, uh, it's obviously a, a thanks to, to number one, your, your fulfillment, right? I think, uh, when you truly understand that with the services you provide and, and in the kind of community you build, um, is a big correlation to if people refer or cancel. And I think they're going to refer because you're good at what you do. And that's the honest truth, right? They talk and they talk good about you. Only, only good's going to come from that. So um, and that's an awesome thing there, John, too. And so, but kind of curious here too, right? Because I know you guys have been open for a while. Um, you know, have you, have you guys ever went down the route of, 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 let's say, a little more common or a little less common, right? You've gone down the route of doing flyers or the guerrilla marketing that, that typical big box gyms do. Or have you ever tried social media as well? Any other alternative marketing tactics? Yes. Um, and because you've seen my computer skills, that's not the greatest in the world. So um, I have some people that help me <clears throat> and more than help me, they they do it. So I trust their judgment when they're reaching out and trying to reach those, those different people uh, in different genres or markets. So I depend on them to do that because to be quite honest with you, most of the time I am on the floor with people. And if I am at the school or the gym, I am speaking to someone, I am on the floor teaching, or I am in the back uh, trying to get things done. Or like most gym owners, I am cleaning toilets and uh, you know, it's, it's, it's what we do. Yeah. Wow. I think that's the fact that you can put success to the side and be as humble as you are to, to do the things that a lot of these gym owners lose sight of and, and the obligation that they do have to their own location is, is, to take care of it. And I think that's, that's also that you can share that with the viewers that you that you still are, are doing those things, you know? Um, so thank you. Thank you for that, John. And, and so, you know, kind of moving on, I'm, I'm a little curious here, you know, uh, you being at a hundred or so members now, right. And, and with the marketing tactics you do use, let's say leads, traffic, clients, members, all these things were unlimited here. I mean, hypothetically speaking, of course, I mean, how much higher can you go? We could probably push to maybe 30, 40 more, but that would create uh, a different atmosphere. Right now, what we're looking at is expanding the location. Um, what we're having trouble with is Wilmington is such a growing place. Uh, Southeastern North Carolina is one of the growingest places in, in the country. And uh, as you well know, real estate is extremely expensive and the profit margin in the fitness industry, martial arts industry is not the greatest in the world. So you have to be very, very, very calculated in what you're going to do and not step too far out of what you know you can take care of. Yeah, that's true. You don't want to jeopardize the the, the community value or the community experience or the just the client experience just for that. If you well, financial gratification in a way, yes, if you will, because right, the more members are, you're putting quantity over quality. So you want to jeopardize the quality. And I agree with you hundred percent on that, John. Um, and so, you know, with a hundred members, I mean, it's a lot. So how do you manage to track and understand where somebody is on their client journey? If they're getting ready to cancel, if they're getting ready to renew, how do you track those metrics? Well, again, I, I know every single person that comes into place. So uh, usually if there's something that is uh, not acceptable or someone is not satisfied with what's going on, 
I am usually going to hear about it. And uh, the trainers that work with me, most of them, well, I, I really only have have two guys that have been there. They've both been there over 20 years. So they would come to me and, and tell me things that maybe a client wouldn't tell me that they expressed to them. And I do not wait. If there is something that they feel uncomfortable with, I address it immediately. And I do not wait around and beat around the bush with anything. And um, I, I take care of it as soon as possible, right then. I love that. I love that. I think that's so important that, that you're literally in the pinnacle or like you are at the, the, the middle, man. You're so involved. And I think that's one of the biggest things, right? When you're that involved and, and you really put that big of a factor and that big of an involvement in the actual success of the gym. I think that's where, again, your clients are going to trust you so much more. And I think you do a good job with that, John. I think a lot of people do not actually involve themselves that much, you know? So I think that's a beautiful thing there, John. And so, you know, kind of moving on, here's going to be a little bit of a longer winded question, but a good question in itself, right? Um, you know, in the fitness and gym industry, there's about three pillars of business that we typically use. And, and they're going to be, number one, your lead generation, right? Which is your marketing, getting people through the door. Number two, your acquisition, which is just your sales. And number three, it's your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to spend more money with you in that process. So John, of those three, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Oh man, I'd, you know, uh, we can all improve on, on all of the things that you just said and, and everything, but, uh, I think that probably sales is uh, my worst aspect. And I have a, a great office manager who a lot of times will not let me speak to people because uh, I am usually trying to make it work for them financially. And I get families that come in and, uh, you know, just trying to make it work for the whole family. And sometimes it's just not an attainable goal. So um, I let the, a lot of times when I know I'm going to fail on these things, I let the office manager take care of it, but still I'm involved. But, uh, I would say sales. Um, I don't think we charge enough for what we do, um, with the personal training aspect or the martial arts aspect. Uh, so I, I need to go back and revisit that, which the office manager and I are working on that right now. I love that. I love it. I, I want to just say, I appreciate the honesty and transparency, especially on air. You know, you can put success to the side again and admit where you can improve and where you're struggling, but no, not really struggling, but where, where you can improve the most, right? Because again, I think it's the fact that you can put that success to the side and still admit that you, you still have room to improve. Is an eye opener for the viewers and, and, and is much appreciated by ourselves and the viewers because I, I guarantee there's some folks watching this or they will, when they do watch this, they're going to be like, wow, there's still room to improve regardless of having a hundred. Because people see a hundred members and think that, that's it. Like you're doing it right. Yeah. Uh, but there's always room for improvement. And I, and I love that. So well, we're, thank you for sharing that, John. Go yeah, we're, we're responsible. I mean, we have children that come in our place. We have mothers, moms, dads, people that come in our place that trust us with not only their children, with their young adults. Uh, and it is our job to make sure we do everything we can to protect that person no matter what the situation is, uh, but, you know, to do no harm, but uh, also that, that they, again, they leave the place better than when they came in, if not physically, then mentally or emotionally. But, uh, you know, it's, it, this is their house and we want them to, number one, know that it's their house, know that these are their friends and their, their people and uh, that they can trust us to make sure they get the best that we have to offer. That's it. That's it. And, and so, 
you know, I've got two more questions for you here, John, my two favorite questions. Um, you know, for you, John, what's, what's the bigger picture? What are you trying to accomplish long-term? Oh, um, this is probably not the best business answer in the world, but it's to make a difference. And uh, that's still my goal every day. It's my prayer every morning when I get up, Lord, help me make a difference. And uh, it's not at all financial. It, it is about just making the difference in someone's life and making a difference in mine. So th that's my goal every day. I love that. And, you know, I think, I know you said it might not be the best business answer, but I think in order to have a successful business, you have to genuinely care about your clients. And it, I mean, when I say genuinely, I mean a real care. And I think that's a great business answer because I think when people put the profit as a priority first, they lose sight of what the real goal is. You're changing lives. You're making an impact. If you can have that at the forefront, at the end of the day, everything else will follow. And I mean that genuinely because you can't teach authenticity, right? It's either acquired over time or you have it, right? But it's not like you just, people will be in this business and they lose sight of that. They look at everybody as a number eventually, right? Or they are maybe they started looking at them as a number, but you're genuinely treating people like people, how they're supposed to be. I truly believe that with a matter of time, you'll be exactly where you want to be. And if you're not there already, you know? So I love that, John. Great answer. Great answer. And so last question for you here. And this is my favorite question by far. And uh, if you need me to repeat anything, on this one, um, let me know too. Cause again, it, it's not a long question, but I like to make it a little more entertaining if you will. So I can always reiterate it if you need me to. So, you know, John, uh, if you could go back in time here to when you first started the gym, I mean, right before you started, sit yourself down with all the knowledge you know now and all the information you have now and really give yourself that one piece of advice that you really, really think would have made a big difference when you first started that you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for yourself? Talk less and listen more. Um, that's, that's one of the main things I tell, you know, my guys now is that, uh, you know, when you're talking, you're unable to think when you're listening, you're thinking. And uh, also sometimes it is better to be quiet because it at least lets people know that they don't know what you're thinking. And it, it does give you time to think. Um, you know, I started out in a small place called Beckley, West Virginia, and uh, so it was uh, it, it was just a very small coal mining town, and uh, I had the wonderful experience of growing up with a World War II father, and uh, it was uh, it, it was imperative that I listened, and although he wasn't a businessman at the time, he was a great businessman, and uh, he would just tell me the main things is don't step too far out of what you're not sure of and always know what you're talking about or don't talk about it. And that was just a, you know, a great piece of advice that I, I think about every day with him. John, that was a mic drop of an answer there. I'm telling you, I'm not even going to say anything. I just, we're going to wrap it up there. <laughs> it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode, John, before we sign out, you know, please shout out your social media, your Facebook website, anything you have, where can people find out more about you and the gym? Yeah, our, our website is championmma.com. And uh, that's the, the best place to uh, get with us. And um, I have a very fine person that will 
answer your emails. We are on Facebook. Uh, it is uh, John Maynard, J-O-H-N-M-A-Y-N-A-R-D. And we are also uh, uh, Champion MMA. And that is also on uh, Facebook. And uh, to tell you that when someone answers you, it probably won't be me. So... <laughs> <laughs> There we go, John. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for one second, just so I can let you know how you're going to get the podcast, I'd appreciate it, John. Just going to sign everybody else out over here, okay? Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah, no problem. And uh, and to everyone else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to get notified about future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us, talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.